everyone. Darlene here, and welcome to another episode of the All That Is Empath podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that's very important in all of our lives, especially important for empaths, however, because we absorb so much more than the average individual. Self-care is so, so important to us. If you think that self-care is all about being selfish, indulging yourself in things that you shouldn't have because it makes you feel selfish, you're absolutely incorrect. Self-care is not selfish. It's not about being indulgent. It's about doing the things that are going to improve your life, lower your stress, lower your anxiety, lower your depression if you have it. It's anything that's going to make you feel good. And it's utterly important because you can't help somebody else. You can't do anything for anybody else if your cup is empty. I'm sure you've heard, and I think I've even mentioned this example in the podcast before, that when you're on an airplane during the whole spiel that the flight attendant gives at the very beginning of the flight, they advise you that if something were to happen and the masks were to drop from the ceiling, place your mask on first and then help whoever's next to you with theirs. Whether it's your child, even a baby, you have to put yours on first. Why? Because if you were to pass out from lack of oxygen, then guess what? You're not helping anybody. You have to take care of yourself first, and then you can help others. And self-care is exactly the same thing. You are not being selfish. You're doing what you have to do to keep you in a positive mental space to where you can help others and do for others, whether that be you as a parent, you as an employee, you as a caregiver, whatever that happens to be. And empaths regularly are people who give sometimes too much and people come to for their advice and opinions and that can be very draining. So self-care is very, very, very important for us especially. Now, what we're going to talk about today, of course, is going to work for any individual. You don't have to be an empath. However, I just wanted to make note that those of you who are listening who are empaths, this is even more important for you. You know, on Google, searches for self-care have more than doubled in the past decade. It's not something we used to think about before, but I think that's because we automatically did, if you look back maybe 30 years ago, self-care was something we just automatically did. We didn't think about. We've become a culture where we have this ethos of always got to be busy, always got to be doing something, got to be productive. And while that's a good thing, I mean, it's certainly better than being lazy and doing nothing. That ideal of always got to be busy is very detrimental to our health, to our self-esteem, to many, many factors in our life. It's, it's, I hate that it's here. I hate that it ever developed. I hate when I hear someone say, oh yeah, I'm so busy. I have this, this, and this, and this, and this. And basically my whole day for 16 hours is just 
going, going, going. I don't have five minutes to do da 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 da. But whatever da 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 is, it's still a sad thing because that is not the way to live your life. That's going to lead to burnout. That's going to lead to stress. That's going to lead to anxiety. All of those things are going to lead to health problems and mental health issues. It's not where we want to be as a culture. And the fact that self-care has been surged more than double of what it has been in the past decade tells me that our society is awakening to the fact that maybe that ethos is not such a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't be always got to be busy. Maybe I need to do something for self-care. And I love that. I love that more people are thinking about their own self-care because right now there really is an epidemic in this in this day and age, in 2023, there is an epidemic of anxiety and depression. The CDC reports that over 63% of Americans suffer from some type of anxiety. 63%. And over 19% are suffering from a severe mental illness, including depression. I think those statistics tell us a lot. I think they tell us that we're doing something wrong. And I think that we need to be paying attention to that. And hopefully those searches for self-care doubling in the past decade say that we are thinking about doing things differently, that we are noticing that what we're doing isn't working. And hopefully we can change the ethos of our society into one where we can be productive, we can be helpful, we can be giving, we can do all the things we want to do, but we can also do self-care because it's very, very important. So the current ethos, like I said, we, we're living in a society that's stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, burnt out, and the stress comes from everywhere. You almost can't avoid it. There's stress from work. There's stress from trying to juggle multiple life roles. You're an employee. You're a mother. You're a daughter. You're a caregiver. Whatever, you're learning new technology that's growing exponentially faster than we can keep up. All of those things are very stressful. So the World Health Organization has gotten in on the act and they define self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. I love that because they've specified with or without the support of a healthcare provider because some of those things you will need a healthcare provider maybe you you know you need to and that's part of your self-care one of those things get regular cancer screenings if you take uh, prescription medicines make sure you're taking them on schedule get the vaccines that you should have for you personally and all of these things are self-care seeing your general health practitioner regularly practicing good dental hygiene, right? All of those things are self-care. Is that selfish? Do you feel selfish when you brush your teeth in the morning? No. You do it because you know that you have to if you don't want to lose your teeth, right? So you should think about self-care, no matter what it is, the same way as brushing your teeth. It's necessary. You have to do it in order to be healthy. 
So basically, self-care is anything that you can do to cope with stressors like eating better, hygiene, proper medical care, exercise, mental health practices like meditation, positive affirmations, etc. And we'll talk about several of these coming up. Now, not only does self-care lower anxiety and depression, but research shows, and I love this, this is, this is huge because there's research on it. Research shows that it can help you live longer, boost your immune system, increase productivity, raise your self-esteem, be more positive, and live a happier life. So that being said, who doesn't need some more self-care in their life, right? So I've already talked about several self-care practices that you should be doing regularly, like getting cancer screenings, getting your vaccines, taking your prescription medicines on schedule. And of course, a little caveat there, I do feel you should be careful with prescription medicines, and that would be a whole nother podcast probably, but just be careful that what you're taking, you absolutely have to have and that you can't do something, some other type of self-care that would replace that medicine. Now, I'm obviously not recommending that you go against your doctor's advice, but you could continue to take the medicines while practicing another type of self-care that could eventually lead to you not needing that medicine. That's all I'm saying. So what else? See your general health practitioner regularly. Practice good dental hygiene. Eat a healthy diet. Exercise regularly. Right there, that's seven self-care practices that you should already be doing. And most of them you're already doing. You don't need to schedule it in. But if you haven't, think about it and make sure that if you're on prescription medications, that you are writing it on your schedule, taking them on time. And if you need to schedule an appointment, you haven't seen your general health practitioner in a year, make that appointment. Get your yearly checkup. Now, eating a healthy diet, obviously very important. And again, th that would be a whole nother podcast because, you know, there's a whole lot of different opinions on what a healthy diet is. I personally am starting keto. My brother and, and my sister-in-law have been doing it for years now, and they have made tremendous progress and lost a lot of weight, and they look fantastic. So both me and my mother just started recently on keto. And I like the idea of keto mainly because I'm, I love meat. I'm a big meat eater. And the idea that bacon is allowed is yay. <laughs> so there's a lot of, a lot of th reasons why keto is good. I am going to miss some carbs. And I do believe once I've lost the, at least half of the weight that I want to lose, I may switch to just a, a low carb diet that does allow some more carbs than what keto does. But who knows, I may end up loving what I'm eating on keto so much that I stay on it like my brother and sister and all. And I know I'm, I'm digressing from self-care here, but that's just a little pitch in there, I guess, and maybe announcing to the world that I'm on keto. Oh, my God. So now I actually have to, to do it and succeed, right? <laughs> so anyway, on from that, whatever is a healthy diet for you is basically just cutting out and processed as much as you can, avoiding sugar as much as you can, because even though sugar has been promoted, not in recent years, but in past years as something just kind of normal, especially if you don't need to lose weight, sugar's not a problem. That actually is not true. Even if you don't need to lose weight, sugar is very, very bad for you. It's, it's like a poison to your body. So, um, 
make sure that you are doing some research on your diet habits and that you are eating a healthy diet, even if you don't have to lose weight. Some people think diet and they think, oh, well, I'm not overweight, so I don't need to pay attention to that. Yes, you do. Because that just because you're not overweight doesn't mean that you're healthy. Okay, enough said on that. A big, big one here is exercise regularly. And I'm not going to, this isn't, a, this podcast is not about exercise. So I'm not going to go into all the different ways you can exercise and all the different benefits of exercise. But those are readily available if you just do a search on Google. And most of you probably already have some experience with your preference for type of exercise and probably have already done the research. But the important part is being consistent with it. So just make sure that you're getting some good exercise in regularly. Now, one of the, the things that I feel is more important to us as empaths, very, very important, well, not more important, but in the sense of empaths, especially empaths. So if you're not an empath, all the other things, very important. This one is great for you too, but for empaths, absolutely necessary. Meditate. You get so much from meditation. And I'm, I think I'm going to do a podcast coming up soon on meditation where we'll do a meditation together and also talk about all the benefits of meditation. And I think you'll be amazed because most people think of meditation as simply a way to lower stress or a way to calm down. Um, but meditation is so much more than that. So we'll talk about that in a later podcast. But just keep in mind for a self-care practice, meditating. And it doesn't even have to be long. If you meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, you could even start with five minutes and work your way up to the 10 minutes. But even just 10 minutes in the morning, <clears throat> 10 minutes at night, or if you get stressed during your day, maybe a small meditation during your lunch break. Meditation is a wonderful self-care practice that will do amazing things for you. The next self-care practice I want to talk about, follow positive mindset practices like affirmations. There's, of course, a whole, whole lot of different mindset ideas and mindfulness in general. Practicing mindfulness is absolutely incredible. According to a study, there's one of many on mindfulness, but this particular one was published in Psychiatry Research, and it said that eight weeks of mindfulness training led to changes in gray matter concentrations in the brain, areas involved with learning and memory processes, emotion regulation, self-referential processing, and perspective taking. That's huge, guys. That's, that's huge. So that just proves right there that mindfulness practices will do amazing things for your life that actually affects and changes your brain. So make sure you're following a lot of mindfulness practices. I love affirmations. I know there are some, quote, gurus that say affirmations are nothing, but they, they are, and they've been proven to be. So I don't like when I hear someone say that, that, oh, you can say I am beautiful all day long and that's not going to make you beautiful. Well, first of all, that's not necessarily true. And second of all, if you believe you're beautiful, that's all that matters because you do need to believe you're beautiful because you are, no matter who you are. 
and believing it is very important for self-worth, self-esteem, and all these different things that we deal with. So actually saying to yourself, I am beautiful. I love the way I look. I'm confident because I'm happy with my appearance. I am beautiful. If you say that to yourself every single morning for a year, you will believe it. And that's important. You have to believe that. So if you don't believe that, start saying that to yourself. That's just one example. When I do affirmations in the morning, I actually spend, I would say, 10 minutes reading my affirmations. And I have many different ones. Some people say you should repeat your affirmation over and over again. And if there's one that you're having trouble with, like let's say you have very low self-esteem and you don't feel you're beautiful, it may be a good idea to repeat it over and over and just that one. And then once you've achieved that one, in other words, once you actually can feel that and believe it, then you can add another affirmation. So it, it becomes, it changes from an affirmation kind of to a mantra where <clears throat> you're repeating it over and over again. And the most important thing here, especially when we call it a mantra, but even if you're doing single affirmations, reading them one after another, and this, again, is not a podcast on affirmations, so I'll make this short, but it's very important that you put emotion into what you're saying. So that's why sometimes it can be good to say it over and over again, because every time you say it, you'll be increasing the emotion that is attached to it. So maybe once you finally have reached the emotion to excitement that, oh my God, I can be beautiful. I'm beautiful. I am beautiful. And you really are feeling that in that moment, maybe that's a good time to stop and move on to your next affirmation. So just repeat those, but repeat them with increasing intensity and increasing emotion until you really feel it. That's the important part. So people who say, you know, oh, well, affirmations is just saying something. It doesn't do anything. In a sense, they're right if you don't put emotion into it. But if you attach emotion to what you're saying, it does work. It will work. I know for a fact it's worked for me. So excellent mindfulness practice affirmations. So the next self-care practice is to take something that you love to do and do it every day for 30 minutes. And that's part of your schedule. It's something that you don't have to feel guilty about doing. You've scheduled it in as your self-care practice, and you're spending 30 minutes for your health and well-being because it's something you love to do. It's going to make you happy. You know, it's going to increase those chemicals that flow through your body when you feel good, and that's going to help you. So it could be reading a book or playing a video game, or maybe you want to call a good friend and chat with them for 30 minutes or schedule a, a special lunch with your significant other or play with your dog, roll around with them on the floor and throw a ball and just have a good time for 30 minutes. Play with your kid for 30 minutes. Whatever it is, schedule that into your day, 30 minutes. Another good one is a gratitude journal. And this is something I do. You write in a gratitude journal every morning and every night. It does not take a lot of time, but it's up to you. If you want to make it take time, like you love to write and you want to spend 30 minutes writing in your gratitude journal, absolutely go for it. But you don't have to. If you write down three things every morning and every night that you're grateful for, 
and not just write them down, but as you write them down, try to feel the emotion associated with that gratitude for each and every item that you write down. Actually, again, emotion is very important. So actually feel the emotion. Maybe you want to write them all down first and then spend, you know, five minutes going through each one. And again, increasing the emotional intensity. As you say, I am so grateful for whatever it is and repeat it until you feel that feeling of gratitude. Another great self-care practice, spend time in nature. This is a great one, and there's so many different ways you can do it, no matter where you live. If you live in a big city where there's not a lot of nature, there certainly are parks near you, and you can go walk in a park. Maybe you have a dog. You can go walking your dog and take them to a park. Where I live, there's there's actually a lot of nature, Not and I live in a city. I live in Tampa, which is a big city. But where I live, there is a very small backyard, and on the other side of it is like a preserve. So there's all these trees. They're always overgrown, you know, hanging over our fence and such. And so there's a ton of nature. I could sit on my patio and watch the trees sway back and forth. I can look at the flowers and plants that I have planted back there. You know, there's even just sitting outside in the sunlight, soak it in the rays, which is very healthy for you. Not to lay out and get sunburnt like we used to do in the 80s, but to sit out for 10, 15 minutes and soak in that vitamin D and and all kinds of great things that you get from sunlight. And then the nature as well. It's very calming. It's very relaxing. And especially for empaths, it's very grounding. So make sure you're spending a little time in nature. Another very great self-care practice, one that I actually do a lot because, well, due to health issues, I do sleep a little bit more than the average person. But you know what? Prioritizing sleep is so important. If you're sleepy, your body's telling you something. I don't understand why people take different emotions to be different things. Like some things are things you should pay attention to and some things are well, no big deal. I'll sleep when I'm dead. No, it's an emotion just like pain telling you you need to sleep because sleep is very important. And all you have to do is Google benefits of sleep and you'll see, oh my God, there's so many. And it's absolutely necessary for brain function to regenerate, to heal, to do so many of the automatic things that your body does that you take for granted that you don't even realize it does. But if it's telling you you're sleepy, you need to sleep because it needs to do something, right? Maybe it just needs to, you know, for rest and relaxation because you're too stressed, but don't ignore sleep and try to make it a priority. It's very, very important. If you all your life have needed 10, 12 hours, like if you sleep without an alarm clock, and you regularly sleep 12 hours without an alarm clock, that means you need 12 hours. And yeah, I know in a 24-hour day when there's so much to do, it seems crazy to say sleep for 12 hours. But if you need it, if your body is telling you it needs it, then do it. You may find after a week of, of allowing yourself that 12 hours 
that now you're waking up in five hours. Maybe your body's done a lot of healing and repair and doesn't need as much anymore. But when it does need it, it tells you. It, it, it's like it's saying to you when you feel sleepy, it's going, hey, butthead, go to bed. <laughs> All right. So listen to it and prioritize your sleep. It's so super important. That's a big self-care one and easy to do. Everybody loves to sleep, right? So in summary, basically anything that puts a smile on your face is also a self-care practice because, again, it's all about allowing you relaxation and happiness, allowing to just release from your obligations and responsibilities for a little while and just enjoy life. I think that most of us don't take the time we need to take to just enjoy life. Guess what, guys? You're not here to work for a living. That's not what you're here to do. If you're working a nine to five, you're doing it because you feel you have to, because you want to make money to pay for X, Y, and Z. But that's not why you're here, right? You're here to grow as a human being. You have a specific purpose and you may know what it is, or maybe you haven't figured it out yet. So even though you do have a specific purpose, it could be a big one, it could be a small one, you are important in that purpose. You will not fulfill that purpose if you don't practice these self-cares. You won't even have the time, right? Because when you spend the time to quiet internally, which is a big part of self-care, any of the things you do, if you're doing meditation or mindfulness practices, spending time in nature, even, even sleep is a part of it, any of these things that quiet you down and give you time to be introspective gives you time to figure out things. And, it, and if you just suddenly start thinking of things, that's your inner being talking to you. That's your higher self. So maybe your self-care is spending an extra 30 minutes in the shower, just singing and lavishing yourself with good smelling things, right? And you're having a good time. And I know a lot, a lot of people that say, you know, while I'm in the shower, I, for some reason, it seems all my good ideas come to me when I'm in the shower. I had one person say, I, I was just minding my own business, taking a shower. And out of nowhere, I felt and discovered my purpose. So it wasn't because she was taking a shower. There was nothing magical about the shower, it was because she had quieted herself enough to feel this, to allow this to come up. If you're always going and you're always doing something, there's no time for communication between you and something other than you, whatever it is you believe in, spirit, higher self, God, whatever it is. But you have to have that communication time. And, and self-care time is a great time for that to happen. So, you know, all these things, in my opinion, work great. And all of them I am including, especially most recently, into my life. Some have been here quite a while. Some I'm, I'm adding. But 
keep in mind that this is my idea of great self-care practices. And some of them come from recommendations from professionals as well. But self-care is not the same for everyone. Maybe you have really bad allergies and, and just don't enjoy spending any time in nature. Then don't do it, right? Some things are going to work for some people. Some are going to work for others. So you can keep practicing different types of self-care, you know, different Find different various things that you can try. And then if it doesn't work for you, let it go. For example, maybe you have a friend who loves yoga and, and does it for 30 minutes every morning. And it's, it's her, her biggest self-care practice. And she swears by it. So you start trying to do it and you get angry. You get frustrated. You're, you're stressed out because you, you can't do the poses. And it's actually stressing you out. Well. Don't do it, right? I mean, you don't want to do something that's going to cause you stress. So just because someone says yoga is a type of self-care, you don't have to do yoga if it don't work for you. Now, yoga is wonderful. So if it doesn't work for you, I'm not saying drop it forever, but maybe you can drop it for a month or two, right? And, and do some other self-care practices. Maybe in a month or two, you'll be in a different mental space where you're not getting frustrated just because you can't do the pose, right? Maybe it's funny to you at that point. You, you just never know. So you can just try it later on. But if something is stressing you out or just frustrating you as you try to do it, drop it. Don't do it, right? You can always come back to it in the future. So I hope you really take this to heart and you start scheduling some time for you and make self-care a huge part of your life because, hey, you know what? Whatever you believe, you might believe in reincarnation that you come back again, or maybe you believe you only have one shot. Either way, these self-care practices are necessary on that journey, regardless of wh whichever journey, because if you believe in reincarnation and that you're going to accomplish something in this lifetime and then come back to accomplish something else, etc. In this lifetime, you still need to accomplish whatever. So you have to get into that quiet space so you can have the communication necessary with, again, whatever you believe, with spirit, with your higher self, with God, whatever it is. So you need that communication. And if you believe you only have one life to live, then don't you think you should spend it happy and doing things that you love, doing things that make you happy. Life is not all about just keeping busy and trying to get by day by day. And I think that that's where the majority of Americans are living in that just get by mental space where you know, well, it's another day. Let me go to work and let me get through work. Let me manage to get through just the morning. Let me manage to get through after lunch. Let me manage to get home from this traffic. Let me manage to get through making this dinner. I'm so exhausted. Let me manage getting through this dinner without wanting to beat my kids. <laughs> let me manage to get through the night with one drink instead of five. So this is what the way a lot of people are living, just trying to get through the day. 
And if that's you, you're doing something wrong. And a lot of people might say, well, it is what it is. I have to work. Well, maybe you do. Of course you do. If you don't have savings to live off of and you have to support yourself and others, of course you have to work. But that doesn't mean that you can't find, in the meantime, something to do that makes you happy and then start trying to figure out how you can do that thing for a living. Whatever makes you happy, really, really happy. The thing that you do that could never be considered work, even if you did it for a living, that's the thing that you want to practice on doing. And I'm, I'm putting this at the end because I really do think this is a big part of self-care. If you don't have hope and you're just trying to get through a day and you're not really enjoying your life, it's important that you evaluate that. Start finding what it is that makes you truly happy. And then even if it's just an hour a night, 30 minutes a night, when you get home from work, spend that 30 minutes or that hour, whatever you can manage to do, spend that time trying to turn what it is you love into a money-making opportunity. That way you can do what you love and not have to do the nine-to-five grind if you're not enjoying it. A lot of people do. A lot of people love getting up and going to work in the morning and all the people that they work with, uh, that they even enjoy the commute and they enjoy the people they work with, the building they work in. They, they just, they love the nine to five. Maybe these are probably people in high, higher end positions, but I know a lot of people like I met, I used to work when I was in my twenties for Raymond James as um, basically tech support, helping them with their computers. And there were so many brokers there that loved, and I mean loved, their job. Like, they lived for it. And even when they went home, they were still, you know, tracking their stocks and, you know, watching the, I forget the name of the the, t- the thing on TV that they watched constantly. Um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. But they would rather be doing that than anything. So, yeah. That, that lifestyle is great for them, but maybe it's not for you. So as part of your self-care practice, please do whatever it takes to find what makes you happy and then try to do that for the majority of your life. You want that to be the biggest part of your life. And unfortunately, if we looked at a pie chart right now, I think most of us are spending like 80% of our lives doing something we don't like so that we can enjoy 20% of our life. And I don't know about you, but that's not self-care to me. I don't want that ratio. I want to spend 80 or 90% of my life doing what I love and 10 to 20% of my life doing the things that I'm obligated to do, that I feel a responsibility to do, that I don't necessarily love. There can be a little bit of that in there. Nothing's perfect, but I want 80% of my life to be something that I love, to be in a situation where I'm happy in that 80%, like really passionately happy. 
And I challenge you to make that part of your self-care practice because out of everything we've talked about, I think maybe that might be the, the biggest thing you can do for yourself. So I'd love to hear from you if you have any particular self-care practices that you love and you want to share with us. I would love to hear from you. You can comment on the podcast itself. I would love if you followed us and liked this podcast. But if you go to Facebook, we are at facebook.com forward slash embattled empaths. And I'd love for you to leave a comment, say hello. You can also DM me from there. My full name is on the podcast cover, so you can find me on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. I just use my full name there instead of the business. So it's just Darlene Marie Del Castillo. And the spelling is, again, on the podcast cover. So I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or Facebook. Reach out. If you're not on social and you want to just send me an email, you can get me at Darlene at EmbattledEmpaths.com. Thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate you being here and your support. I love hearing from you guys. So again, please give me a shout out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, you guys practice your self-care and stay happy. Thank you.